are you experienced? Have you ever been experienced? We're back uh, with another episode of the Anarchist Experience, episode 433, a.k.a. year nine, week nine, uh, coming at you this week. As always, I'm your host, Mr. Richie Rich, along with MC. And since this is your regularly scheduled Saturday broadcast, which was touch and go there for a minute, almost didn't happen, uh, but we are here live on the old clubhouse. Uh, it is around 3 p.m. Eastern time. That's when we fire up the club and start getting ready to hit the record button here. Uh, that's where we do it, on the clubhouse. Things come, things go. Clubhouse still works, so for now, that's how we're doing it. Um, join us. The club is the Anarchist Experience, or you can at me at Riches for Rich, R-I-C-H-E-S, the number four, R-I-C-H, and then I will click the little invite button uh, to let you know that we have started. And I should probably do that, because I don't think I've done that yet, because... We got started so quickly today. Um, I'm going to click the invite button. What is going on with you this week, MC? Um, I'm in Montana. That's so. a ways. That's what my license plate says. What's, <laughs> what's going on why does in your Montana? License plate say, why does your license plate say Montana? Oh, uh, because any car over 11 years, uh, you can get permanent registration in Montana. So a one-time, uh. a one-time fee... You register your car, and then you never have to pay the state again. Uh, so a handful of people here in the wonderful state of New Hampshire drive around with older cars with Montana plates, and then we don't have to pay any fees or go through emissions testing or you know safety check inspections every year uh, at the you know at the whim of the New Hampshire state. So sounds like a win. It is a win. Um, that's great. So I'm in Montana just for vacation and to see my, my friend's property. Uh, he has 20 acres, and right now he, he, he made a friend across the street from his property uh, when he came to visit the property So uh, in the past. And so anyway, we're, we're staying at their, their cabin that was built in like 2009 or something like that. So it's a really nice, pretty place, um, excellent cabin, and uh, has all the all the good stuff like, you know, uh, a septic tank and electricity and <laughs> so it's a yeah very so you're not roughing it as it were De- definitely not roughing it all right um yeah it's very luxurious and the weather's perfect this time of year um they had uh, a lot of uh rain uh in the in the months leading up to now so everything's green and uh so yeah it couldn't be better nice so you guys are staying in the nice cabin, the 20, the 20 acres of your friend's property. Are we talking like mm-hmm. a future freedom compound of some kind if there's no structures so. there yet? Or what's going on? Like is there a plan yeah, so, there? Or? So KS has, uh, has 20 acres, and maybe we can transform it into something. But, um, yeah, as it is right now, we're just uh, sharing their, uh, the friend's property. So Nice. So what was, what was the purpose of the visit then? I mean – like, I get it, you know, 20 acres, beautiful property, but, like, if I was, I don't know if I would fly from Mon, uh, from Hawaii 
to Montana go like, yep, it's barren. <laughs> no, it's not, it's not barren. It's got hills and trees and wildlife. Um, but we also went through uh, Glacier National Park, and we're going to go see Yellowstone also. Okay. Um, so, yeah, lots of vacationing to do. But uh, there was another uh, added bonus to our trip. Um, our friend picked us up from the airport. Do you remember uh, Mike from the Honolulu Agris Social Club? Yeah, absolutely. So. Mike so yeah, Susie. we got we got to see them. Um, we got to see their their property. They have like twenty acres themselves, and uh, so we got to see their little you know their farm. And they've got three kids now. Nice. Um, all, all Breed them and little, feed them for liberty. Uh, little blonde, little blonde kids. Yeah. Um, yeah. One boy, no, two boys, one girl. The girls in the middle. All right. And uh, they're they're planning on having three more. So. And they're in Montana. Yep. Okay. Uh, they picked they picked us up from Spokane, Washington, and we drove to their property in uh, Thompsonville. I think it's Thompsonville, okay. um, uh, Montana. That's, that's and, like a good yeah. three hour plus drive. Yeah, about three hours. Okay. And then and then from there we, we we stayed at a cabin next to his his property, um, and then from there we went to uh, uh, the Glacier National Park, and we stayed there for a couple of nights also. Nice. Where you guys are would have probably been a better place for a, a, a Hask reunion, the Hawaii Agri Social Club reunion, because mm. like they're in Montana, a couple of others moved to Washington, a couple of others moved to Colorado, mm-hmm. one guy went all the way to Paraguay, which is you know okay, <laughs> yeah, okay. and then I moved out here for the Free State Project, but I am well far away from everybody else, and yeah. Well, yeah, and and Hawaii is still always the furthest. But. Yeah, well, that's why. But I mean, if you're if you're in Montana, meeting one of them, right? Like the Washington folks and the Colorado folks, could easily converge within, you know, relative driving range. Maybe sure. maybe a plane ride, but a lot, a lot easier than you know. Hey, we're doing the reunion in Hawaii. When you guys come back, <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. So wow, I'm glad you guys got to meet up with them. There's one dude here, who's like. Every time I I don't see him often, but I see, you know he he comes to the meetup like once a month, and a few years ago when I first met him he had like five kids, and then uh, you know obviously like nine months later he had six, and I think the last time I saw him he was like okay I still got the six but one more on the way and he is like you know full on breeding them for liberty man so three for for Mike and Susie to have three more like good on them, I'm sure they're adorable and cute. And going mm-hmm. to be raised right outside of the system as best they can, and everything else is wrong. Sure, sure. Um, he was telling me about uh, this idea that you know, and it's 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 basically true, and that is you know the the, the bigger the city you have, and the more the more. Uh, population dense it is the more likely they're going to, to uh, be leftists or democrats and, and vote that way and the more rural you are and the, the less sparks or the, the less population you have the, the more likely you're going to want to you know not not interface with the state as much you're not going to want to control your neighbors you just want to do your thing how you want to do it and that's pretty much it yes <laughs> General, uh, generally true when you look at the voting, right? That's why that whole giant middle section of the map is usually red. 
Right, right. right. Like all the big cities control everything from the coasts, but the the, the vast majority of the middle map looks red. Mm-hmm. It's because sparsely populated, like uh, Free State West was a Wyoming movement that did not have the get up and go that the original Free State project did. But that was a thing for a while. Right? You don't like the cold in New Hampshire? Come to Wyoming. It has also gotten two little bit people. <laughs> well, Wyoming's been very cold this year. Um, yeah, no, it, it, I don't. Even th- I don't think it ever got warm in Wyoming yet. But uh, Montana actually had a had a kind of a, like a heat wave roll through. It got up to ninety five in the in the northwestern part of the state, and uh, so we just missed that. It was funny. It was like ninety five the day before we got there. You guys are lucky. I'm. Yeah. I I run hot naturally. And I hate, like, people are always talking about snowbirds. Oh, we just moved to New Hampshire. And then, like, go someplace else with freedom during the summer, during the winter months. I'm like, can I do that during the winter? Can I do that during the summer months? Like, when it's, <laughs> I love the winter, but when it's too hot, can I, is there someplace in Canada that I can just continue to move north into <laughs> to get away from this heat? Like, that's what I want. Uh, I want, you know. You should, you should move to Antarctica and, like, Plant your flag there and just take over. So there'd be eight flags. The international <laughs> no. and rich. No, you're going to be the only one that's consistently there, so you get to yeah. knock all the other flags down. <laughs> Deal. <laughs> that's the other thing, right? Like, I, I know global warming's your your hot-button issue, man, but oh, yeah. talking to people, it's like, okay, so... You know what? What will happen if it really de- if you know if the polar ice caps melt and the middle of the country gets, you know, the middle of the planet gets too hot? Like Antarctica is like a landmass covered with ice, right? So if if that melts, there's like a huge landmass there, not to mention all of the uninhabited parts of Canada, right? Like the, the mm-hmm. species will just migrate away from the middle. Sure. To the, I mean, that's, to the extreme that's happening already. I mean, uh, you know, during the last mini ice age, you know, the ice came down to, you know, through Canada, probably New Hampshire was under under ice. Yeah. Um, and so it melting le- made more area for humans to, to occupy. So, yeah, um, definitely for most people, that's a good thing. Um, yeah, we, we still have a long way to go. Uh, towards you know melting out all the ice and uh you know that that could could happen um i still don't think it's a tragedy um you did mention something that was a little bit off and that was that that the that the middle of of the earth would get too hot and actually that's not the case um as the planet warms uh the the most of the warming happens at at the poles and, and not the middle so the middle kind of stays the same and 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 the warmer uh climates just move further north um, so there's always going to be people living in, in you know, Central America. Um, okay. There's always going to be, you know, forests there and, 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 uh, not a lot is going to change in, in that regard. Well, okay, fair then. And either way, that doesn't seem like, as you said, it's going to be tragic. Oh, definitely right. not. It's, it's, it's not it's, going to be the, too hot anywhere. The planet no is going to be to more, go. the planet is going to be more green except for where the, you know, oceans rise and, and take out some, some coastline and, you know, Whatever. All those big um, cities. Yeah, I think I think they were saying like even if if all of the ice melt melted, it would be another twenty feet of rise. 
Um, while that's a lot, that's, I mean, that's at the extreme end. And that, that, that may or may not happen. Um, nobody can predict the future. Yeah. But much uh, like you, I'm unconcerned with any of that as far yeah, as I mean, you just, the you just death deal with it. humanity. Yeah. However you have to. Um, you know, this, the sea level was 400 feet lower at one point, and people have been dealing it with it ever, ever since it's been rising. And, you know, there's this funny meme that, that uh, my, my favorite guy, uh, Tony Heller, always, always posts, and that's, you know, uh, the, the first part of the graph is 400 feet of, of sea level rise, and that was all natural. Right. And this last three inches was, was human's fault. <laughs> it's like, ooh, scary. So uh, that's kind of where we're at. The sea level's rising very, very slowly, and uh, so what? Well, um, for you, though, 400 feet means you kind of, you lose your home, right? Because Hawaii will be back underwater for the most part. Oh, no, no. One little uh, No, it's already risen 400 feet. Okay, so. well, but, but if it goes another 400 feet. Well, it can't, and that's the okay. thing. So, All right. I, I think if, and I read this somewhere, I don't know how accurate it is, but if all the ice melted in Antarctica and Greenland and everywhere else, uh, 20 feet would be like the max. The max, okay. That the, the oceans could rise because the oceans are huge. They could okay. take a lot of water. So, Well, Hawaii would um, get a little bit smaller then. Yeah, it would get a little bit smaller. There, you know, New Orleans would have to either build 20 foot walls or, you know, be <laughs> underwater. You know, it's like, okay. So what? I can't can, believe people, people can, moved back there. <laughs> well, I mean, it's it it's wasn't cool that place. long ago. It's a cool place, man. I, I went there. I, I like it. I, I I see why they they moved back. But oh, I get you. Just the the levees break, everything gets flooded, and all of a sudden, like, okay, let's just rebuild here. No problem. Can't happen again anytime in my lifetime. Well, I mean, it could, but that's kind of it. Like, you deal with it. <laughs> you know, if you don't like dealing with it, you leave. <laughs> a lot of people did leave. A lot of people moved in. So, um, yeah, you, you know, that's that's part of freedom too. Is you get to decide where you want to go. Um, you know, and Obama and all the rest of the politicians also have oceanfront property somewhere. Yeah, that's the hypocrisy. That right there should should be the evident hypocrisy coming from them, right? Like, I, I joke around. I don't care if people move back to New Orleans. You know, I joke yeah. around. Um, but I'm also not acting out, not acting against my words. Right? Whereas they are, as you said, ocean front. The, the, you know, climate change is the thing. Ocean levels are going to rise. The coast, we're going to lose all the coastlines. Uh, but this is where I'm going to buy my $50 million house. Yeah, of course. But I've got insurance, so it's okay. But I'm not mm-hmm. concerned about it washing away because why would you do that? You know, if that's what if that's what you thought was imminent, right? Then you know it doesn't make sense. Could you get them for insurance fraud? They're like, how would why would the insurance? If like, no, you said climate change is going to wipe this out in 20 years. We're not going to insure it. That would be foolish on our part. But they do. Yeah. Um, so so I went through. Uh glacier national park at at the top of the like the peak and where the uh, the visitor center is um there's there's a path that goes to is well what's it called um uh something pass i forget what it's called uh but anyway so you get to the visitor center and there's another path that goes to this place called the hidden lake 
on the way to the hidden lake, there's these little plaques that, that are posted everywhere. And every single one of them is written by some crazy leftist that, you know, that thinks global warming is, is, is a bad thing. And, you know, of course, because that's where the glaciers were. That's how the, you know, the whole national park was created by, was by huge glaciers that are no longer there that were gone before we even found them. Right. Um, so they're complaining that, you know, oh, well, the glaciers are shrinking. Like, well, they've been shrinking for a really long damn time. Like, this isn't surprising. Um, but so on one of these plaques, it has this little graph below it. And it says, from this year to this year, I can't remember the years, but it said, this was the natural change. That from here to here was all <laughs> natural. And this is, of course, when the, the glaciers were melting and stuff. And then it, and then it, changes color and and to the right of the graph it says and this is the human this is the era of the human caused climate change and and it just shows you how absurd that is because in the past it was natural change in the current times it's all man-made change well the industrial revolution fossil fuels being burned i understand that okay but how but how? But they completely delete any idea that happening now is natural. So how? So how much of the the warming that we're experiencing now is natural versus man-made cause? Like they don't quantify it. They just they just say, well, everything prior to this year was natural. Yeah. And now everything that all the change now is is man-made. So so. So nature doesn't exist anymore. Well, don't don't ask them that question, right? Because <laughs> it makes it what you're saying makes sense to me, uh, and it's it yeah. was similar to you know I'm gonna I'm gonna call it the COVID years, right during the, <laughs> okay. during the scandemic, right? All all of a sudden, no one got the flu. Right, flu cases went down to zero, and everything was miraculously COVID nineteen. We eradicated mm-hmm. COVID nineteen, eradicated the flu uh, until it was no longer uh, politically necessary to do so, mm-hmm. and then now you can get the flu again. But for like three years, you couldn't get the flu. You just, it was just COVID or nothing. So it's yeah. it's I mean, whatever. And, and whatever I, I don't know matter. much as much about that, but I, but I'm. That that's the whole point. It is just a narrative. Like if how how could you as as any scientist or anybody writing something you know for mass consumption that that you know it's pure fabrication because what 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 that graph is saying is that any change that happens right now cannot be attributed to nature. nature. Yeah. Because man just came in. You know, once we started the industrial revolution, nature stopped working. There's no, you know, if if man didn't exist, the climate would just be stable, hundred percent stable. There would be no up or down. Um, and how they know that, I don't know. <laughs> it's ridiculous. Yeah. I mean, th- theoretically or hypothetically, right? It it could be nature could be working against the quote unquote man made causes as well, right? Like it could or, be or, much worse if nature weren't or, countering yeah. it. However, nature or does. With it. There's no way to. Yeah, it could be. There's no way to know or measure. 
it could be working with it or against it or yeah. you know vice versa every every other year it could be adding to it or taking away yeah um, but they don't they don't consider that they just say well well now it's it's no longer nature doing it it's it's all man it's like that's really arrogant and and really unscientific because we we know for a fact that the you know the climate changes without humans yes and, and so if you add humans, that doesn't mean nature isn't going to make it warmer or cooler it doesn't replace uh, every year. It, it doesn't <laughs> yeah, replace it course. in its entirety. Of course. Yeah. So anyway, it, yeah, just seeing that was completely ridiculous. I, I could understand if they made it where the graph was like, okay, here, here the beginning was all nature, and now it's nature and man. That would make sense. Or, or just leave the out the that, judgment, right? This is this is where it was yesterday, and this is where it is today. Yeah, you you can but, put whatever story you want it, but we're just going to report the facts. It was this big yesterday, and it's this big today. Yeah, that's that's acceptable too. Yeah. Um, and but I'm also not offended when they say, "Oh, CO two is warming the planet," and um, and uh, the, the the glaciers are shrinking. Uh, but I also don't think that's a bad thing. Like the the tree lines are growing higher. You yeah. know, oh no, so terrible. There's more trees. You know, like I don't care. Like it doesn't it doesn't mean anything unless you make a story about it saying, well, this is man's fault, and without man, it would be different, and and nature is superior to man somehow. Well, and uh, well, and again, it's the story that matters because that's why I see postings on social media and through my news prep. Right. That did you know that the 10 hottest days on record ever in the history of the planet happened in the last two weeks? Like that should be enough. Right. That should be enough. The 10 hottest well, days on record in well, the it's history of the planet. That's not even true, though. I get because, it. Because, yeah, yeah. I'm not buying into it, but that's the narrative. Right. That's. That's what the, the vast majority of people are consuming for news, right? Mm-hmm. And then any, any leftist outlet, regardless of whether or not that's their specialty, uh, regurgitates that nonsense. And I know this because I listen to like a handful of tech podcasts throughout the week, and they, they don't know shit about climate change or economics, right? But, yeah. they, but they will spout off you know, the, the leftist talking points and claim that, you know, because they're an authority in the tech area that they know all this other stuff too, right? And then they will bring on people who agree with them. Like, oh yeah, of course, you know. Of of course EVs are, you know, are better for the environment than, uh, uh, what's the, I forget the acronym, combustion engine vehicles. Right. Uh, internal ice. combustion, ice. Yeah, that's the one. Internal combustion. Right. Oh, I'm going to pause there and deviate just for a minute because um, I don't have an article for this. But for a while now, I'm just, just indulge me. For a while now, I've been uh, contemplating getting a truck. I don't know if we've talked about this at all. No. Okay. I want a truck. Um, and I don't want like a brand new fucking truck. I just I just want a truck. And I'm trying to find the truck that suits my purposes. And I'm not a 
I'm not a trucker. Uh, I'm not a contractor. I don't work in construction. I don't haul shit. Uh, but some things don't fit nicely in the back of my SUV, um, and it would be nice to have a truck, right? So I'm looking at the, the current trucks on the market and what was available in the past, um, and I'm like, where the hell are these compact trucks? You know, when, I was, when my engine was being serviced, I was talking to the dudes at Ford, and they're like, oh, no, you got to check out this new Lightning. Right, that was the mm-hmm. big thing. I'm like, okay, I see it. It's somewhat small, but it's it's still too big. It's four doors and a small bed. Like, I don't I don't want that. I want like a truck, you know, single cab, bench seats if you got it, short, small, low to the ground. Right? I don't I, I want to be able to like stand next to the hood and have it come up to my waist, not my shoulders. Right? I don't know if you've seen all the trucks out there today. They're they're just fucking big you yeah they're getting bigger and bigger yeah. they're getting bigger and bigger and I, I i did zero research on this right i just go where the fuck are the trucks i guess, i guess i'm gonna have to find an old beater toyota t100 with like two hundred thousand miles on it and just hope that that lasts you know substantially long enough for me to get some use out of it because that's turns out that that's the truck i want either that or like a 2014 tacoma no big deal but those are those are like the two. The 2014 Tacoma is like the last uh, Toyota Tacoma that came with the single cab. Like they haven't made a single cab truck in a decade. Right. And the, the, the T100 is even smaller than that, right? It's like, you know, the Toyota one ton. Like that's all you can haul in this thing. It's small. You probably see them around Hawaii. And um, I've also, you know, whilst looking for this stuff, um, I come across the, you know, like the, the Japanese import trucks. Why are these Japanese mini trucks all the rage in America? Well, duh, because we all don't fucking need a giant ass pickup truck, you jackasses. You know, mm-hmm. same bed, same bed size, single cab, fits in a parking stall, right? Hauls what the average American needs it to haul, who doesn't have yeah. you know professional things. Um, um, and then, and then while doing show prep, I come across a video, and it's you know a video on a libertarian or ANCAP thread or subreddit or whatever. And wouldn't you know it? It's the goddamn fucking government's fault. Yeah, yeah. I was about to tell you. I already know the answer yeah. <laughs> to why. But Well, I didn't because I didn't go looking for it. And then I was, the headline was, why don't we have small trucks anymore? And it's, I, it's ironic, again, because number one, it's the government's fault. And it's unintended qu- consequences of dumb fuck government regulations. Right? Like, we need to reduce emissions for purposes previously mentioned. Right, and here are the new standards that we're going to change every year, and wouldn't you fucking know it? Those standards uh, perversely incentivize uh, car manufacturers to make bigger and bigger trucks all the time, uh, because the small truck standards are too difficult to reach, and if they don't reach them, uh, this is like fuel efficiency standards. If they don't meet the standards, they pay a penalty. So to avoid the penalty. They just keep making bigger trucks because the bigger trucks have lower fuel efficiency standards, which defeats the whole purpose of having those fuel efficiency standards in the first place. Mm-hmm. Was that about where you were going to go with it? Um, so there's that, and there was a weird uh, tax on trucks. Um, so uh, and it, and it only affected small trucks, and I'm not exactly sure why, but um, there for a long time it was like a 20% tax 
on on a truck. Okay. Uh, if it was a small truck, and I don't know if that went away or if it's still uh, a thing, but in any case, um, Ford is again making small trucks, and Toyota is is planning on also. So they might have qu- quietly gotten rid of that that tax law uh, because of how how bad it was impacting uh, you know the market. Um, what did you see from Toyota? Because I didn't see anything more than the well, the twenty twenty four. They're going to. Going, they haven't made it yet, but okay. because because of the Ford, uh, uh, what's the new tiny Ford Maverick? The Ford yeah. Maverick, um, Toyota is going to respond to that with a small truck also, and, okay. and Mazda also. Okay, that's not even a small truck though, by small truck standards. It's still um, too big. It's it's smaller than the the Ford Ranger, which is like the midsize. Yeah, but the Ranger used to be the small truck. Yeah, yeah. And they all again, got bigger, just kept and so now bigger. they're going to make smaller ones. And it's the same thing with a lot of cars. Uh, like the Honda Civic used to be a tiny car, and then it got bigger, and now it's almost as big or as big as an Accord. Yeah. So, um, so it, it, it happens. Yeah, it happens. And, and some of it is just because, uh, you know, the bigger the car, the more comfortable they can make it and the more expensive they can make it. And so if somebody grew up with a Civic and they want to get another Civic, they'll go, oh, wow, this new one is so much better. Um, it's also bigger and more expensive, but they, you know, they, they're kind of buying what they, they think is valuable. And so Stupid fucking if they liked it before, they'll, they'll buy it again. And yeah, especially maybe. if it's a little bit bigger and more expensive, it's, it's a big game, but, um, it, what, what is good is when they make the new generation of small trucks again. So, um, ho- hopefully, uh, well, you know, this video this video them. suggested that we might be able to see small trucks as EVs because EVs aren't subject to the same regulations. Hmm. So the Maverick is an EV for their their cheapest one, and actually right. it gets really good gas mileage. Um, so I would recommend it for that, but at the same time, it's a brand new truck, and they you know they've had some growing pains and yeah, uh, you know recalls and stuff, and and the braking. That's the biggest complaint is is. On the on the Maverick Hybrid, when you brake, the transition between the uh, g- electric generation and the actual physical brakes, um, it's a little bit jarring. Okay, well, I, if I, you don't care about that, it doesn't matter. <laughs> I looked I looked at it. If if I didn't say Maverick earlier, that's the one probably the one I was thinking of when I was at the Ford dealership. I don't know what I said earlier. Oh yeah, Lightning. Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. I, that's not so what the, I meant. The Lightning. The Lightning is all electric, and okay. they also have a, a hybrid F one fifty also. But the Lightning is is basically F one fifty but electric. Okay, so I was I was I said Lightning. I was thinking of the Maverick. Yeah. Now that I've heard Maverick. you say, oh, okay, so the Maverick is too big. Yeah. Okay. Be, again, because I don't, I don't, I don't want a small ass bed, and mm-hmm. four passenger seats. Uh, yeah, right. Yeah, I want a single it, cab with mm-hmm. a standard size bed. I don't need the eight foot long bed, right? I'm not hauling two by fours for fucking building plate, you know, building construction. There, there's a really cool little truck. You should you should look it up right now if you have the time. But okay. it's called the Al- Alpha Wolf. Okay. Now it's um, it's all electric, and they have just a single cab version of it. Um, the only bad thing about it is it's it's a brand new company. It's it's a mostly uh, it's mostly vaporware. Um, they might actually make a product, but okay. at the same time, it it's it's you know early adopter phase. You know, so it's probably not going to be a great thing, but it looks cool. <laughs> all right. Well, well, I'm pulling it up as we speak. Um, oh, maybe not. 
wrong fucking website. I'll, I'll pull it. I'll continue to search for it. But like, so I hear what you're saying. Um, and again, that's what the video suggested, right? Like you might be able to see this in, in electric form because it doesn't have mm-hmm. to comply with, uh, the, you know, the cafe standards and regulations. Um, mm-hmm. but I also like right now I still live in an apartment, right? Mm-hmm. And I don't, I don't want to be beholden to, uh, the grid, yeah charging somewhere else like at a charge like oh i got oh i gotta go to the charging i'll be right back honey i'll be out for like an hour because i gotta go sit and charge the car for a half an hour down at the charging station right yeah that's bs yeah don't do it right okay yeah that's so i don't know how good the truck is right but in my mind that's about what a truck should look like yeah it may be a little you know for, for my purposes, um, it may be a little tall, right? But I'm not going to nitpick on that. Like, good ground clearance, uh, fantastic, right? That's, that's, that should be the base model truck that all fucking truck makers make. Yeah. yeah. Like, that's, should, oh, some, you want some, the cheapest truck for, we yeah. have? Here's the $17,000 pick, pickup truck. Exactly, exactly. You know, that's, yeah. So I'm, I'm thrilled that it exists. I'm sad that it's only uh, electric. an electric option. Um, and, and electric, again, for, for my purposes, electric. If I, if I had a house and a charging station, I could probably get away with electric because, again, I don't drive it often. It's, it's, not, it's like a single-purpose vehicle for me, kind of like the backup car that I have, right? I, I have my regular daily driver, and occasionally, like, that's in the shop, and I need to go get the backup option, uh, and I just want that in truck. Like, I'm going to park it, and then when I need to go haul something or get something big, I at least have the truck uh, to go do it. So, you know, pro- probably not going to be spending brand new money on a brand new electric truck. Um, right. But that's, you, you are on point as far as that's, that's what a pickup truck should look like. Every base mm-hmm. model truck should look like that. The no frills, I don't care about the leather seats, you know, whatever. But that's, that's the body style that I've always appreciated in a pickup truck. Like the, you know, the, the, the cab, right. Should not be longer than the bed. Yeah. Like the, like the Maverick or any other double cab with like a three and a half foot bed. Yeah. I think they should make a a Maverick that is, you know, super base model with just a single cab and a longer bed. Um, that I, I don't know why they don't, I know. Well, I know why because, the the quad cabs or the four door ones sell more, and so they just say, oh, "Well, if you're if you're a, you know, it's it's actually good that they're thinking about it in, in that way. It, that the, the fewer options they have, the the better profitability and the cheaper they can make the one option. Sure. So it's it's good that they're doing that, but at the same time, that they're missing out on on a, on a huge market of uh, ultra cheap people that just you know, they want something basic. For, for exactly that. They want something that's reliable, that's newer-ish, and you know, just gets the job done. And, right. That's yeah. the part that confounds me, right? Is, is there no market for this? Am I the only uh, one who wants a small, like, one or two-ton single-cab pickup truck with a normal so size 75, bed? 75% of the people do want the, the quad cab, and they're not going to make a whole bunch of extra money by having 
two options, and so that's why they don't. Okay. Fair. It's kind of like where uh, there's a whole bunch of cars that just don't have uh, manual transmissions anymore because they know most people want the automatic, and to 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 tool up the factory to to put the manuals in there, even though it might be a cheaper option, just isn't worth it for them anymore. Yeah. Well, I I get it, the tool up the factory part, but if you were the one car manufacturer that has it, right, then you capture the entire market. Sure. And that has to be worth tooling up the factory for. I would think. I don't know, but I would think. Right. If the only car you could get, right, is a fucking Subaru WRX because that's the manual transmission, right? Then anybody looking for a manual just naturally gravitates toward your Subaru. They don't have another mm-hmm. choice. You want to race? You want to have fun? You want you know, you want to shift? Boom! That's the car for you. Nobody else is doing it, so this is you know, there's zero competition. You want a one-ton pickup truck? You know, small four-cylinder, low to the ground, easy to load, easy to unload. Even Grandma could do it, right? Boom! There's only one on the market. And it could be, you know, that, that alpha wolf. Um, <laughs> but nobody else is doing it. If nobody else is doing it, right, and you can capture the whole market, there's, there's got there's well, to be profit that, in there somewhere. That, that it's taking Toyota so long because, you know, the Toyota or the Tacoma used to be the, the small truck. You know, you used to be able to do it with that. Yeah. And they got so big, now it's... it's, it's it's, it's practically a ton full size. Yeah. <laughs> like they're, they're eating their own market. Like you can get the small Tundra or the slightly bigger Tundra. We'll, mm-hmm. we'll slap Tacoma on one and Tundra on the other. Like that's it. It's the, it's the same goddamn truck. But there's a market for the small ones. The evidence that there's a market for the small ones is like the, the influx and the rise of people importing those Korean trucks over here. Yeah. Right. My favorite thing that I want to see imported is the the Jimny. Um, it's a little tiny SUV. It used to be look like the the Geo Tracker. Yeah. Um, but it's, it looks like I've a heard mini, of this before. Looks like a mini Land Rover. They're so cool. Um, they've got them in Mexico and other places in Europe and stuff. And they're and they're a big hit. And they're and they're they're really cheap. Um, I think. In, in the U.S., their thinking is, well, if we only offer expensive cars, then people will just have to get the loans for them and pay expensive prices. Yeah, if, they brought the Jimny, if they brought the Jimny in, people would go, actually, do I really need an expensive car? And then they would just, you know, a lot of people would just forego the expensive car. <laughs> yeah. So I think I was watching a video on this uh, because it was, it was like an off-road mountain climbing video. And it, like, surpassed anything that Jeep was doing. Oh, yeah. 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 Because it's got a really short wheelbase. It's got really great uh, front uh, approach and departure angles. And, yeah, it's, a, it's like, that's what you want if, you know, trying to go over stuff. You just need something that does the job good. And uh, So I'm not going to lie. I'm looking at pictures of this thing, right? Looks like a Bronco. Or the new Bronco looks like it, however you want to do it. Yeah, yeah. Or it looks like a mini Land Rover. If you're if you're talking about the Jimny, I'm look, cool. I'm at the Suzuki Malaysia website, and that's I, I see a gotcha. picture. I see a picture of whatever the new Jimny is. Do, do they have the 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 green one, the fluorescent green one? Yeah, that's what I'm looking at. The, that's the one. <laughs> yeah, but I, I I yeah, it looks like a shortened Land Rover, 
but mm-hmm. I there's I can also see some inspiration for the new Bronco coming from this. Oh yeah, yeah yeah. I like the Broncos too, but they're just they're way overpriced for what they are. I mean, yeah. Um, if I was going to get a Bronco, I'd get the base one, but that still starts out over thirty if you can find one. You know. Yeah. But again, they're just all starting to look alike. Mm-hmm. Terrible. All right, I'm done with my digression. Stupid government, <laughs> stupid government, kill, stupid government killing small trucks, right? In an effort to reduce uh, pollution and emissions, making it so they only build the big trucks, trucks with the worst pollution and emissions, and incentivize yeah, and, and them and to the do so. Is, yeah, the uh, yeah, um, and but on the other hand, I I do like big trucks too. So. Um, you know, congrats to the people that also like big trucks and, and they've got plenty of options. <laughs> yeah. Well, again, like with a purpose, right? Like my, my stepdad, yeah. you've seen it, right? He's got like the big fucking Ford F-350 diesel. Oh, yeah. Dually, right? And I've driven it and it's fine, right? But I don't, why, why would I need that on any regular, the thing is I don't need that on any regular basis <laughs> for what I do. Nobody right. does that. I mean, no, but he does. That's the thing, right? He, he does working, musical yeah. gigs and he hauls equipment. So they traded in like the music van, you know, and a pickup truck and got a pickup truck uh, that can haul all the, all the music equipment. Right. Well, I, I drove uh, a, a diesel turbo diesel V6 uh, Dodge mega cab uh, across multiple States um, and I'm telling you, like, as far as like a luxury ride, yeah, wow, that I was so comfortable in there that when I was done driving, I was like, I was ready to go driving again, <laughs> like, like 10 hours, 12 hours of driving. I was like, I was, I felt energized. I was like, okay, it, it was like sitting on a couch at home, just, just, just a total luxury. Um, and yeah, it's super expensive, super big. Um, but at some point, uh, depending on what you're doing with it, it's totally worth it. Um, you know, I don't recommend uh, going uh, cross country in a in a four cylinder, low to the ground little pickup single cab. Um, yeah. That might be annoying, but but for normal day to day stuff, I wouldn't want to drive around this huge truck. You know? <laughs> so somewhere in the middle for you then. Right, mid-sized Well, it just depends what I'm doing. I mean, for for the cross-country stuff, the bigger the truck, the more luxurious inside it is, the better. I mean, yeah. it's, it's the best. Um, Get that leg room. But if but if I have but, to step on a step ladder to load the bed because it's so high sure. off the ground, right? <laughs> yeah, that's a, a fucking problem. I just you know, I want the I want to be able to load the bed like I would the trunk of a car. Right mm-hmm. or the back of a you know a, a smaller SUV because even those are getting outrageously big. Yeah, no, I I totally hear you for for day to day stuff. Um, so the one that was competing with the Maverick is the um, Hyundai. Was it the Hyundai Santa Cruz? Santa Cruz, yeah, yeah. Um, and most of the reviewers say that the, that the Maverick is probably better for most people. Okay, especially for the price because actually if the, if they made the Santa Cruz like ten thousand dollars less. It would be a hit, yeah. but as it is, it's just an, it's it's like an expensive, uh, weird thing, you know. <laughs> and so, if you want to if you want to pay too much for a car that also has a bed, uh, go for it. But <laughs> yeah. and hopefully Subaru redoes the Baja and releases that because that is 
yeah, so I'm actually for an older one. Uh, at a house right now, and the the or the cabin that I'm at, the owners have two Subarus, and one of them is the Baja. They yeah. and they only made that for three years. Yeah, um, I think those are pretty cool. I Ahead of its I, time I th- when they made them, I I think that the sales weren't high enough. Um, yeah. maybe they would be this go around. I don't know. Um, I think most people uh, gravitate towards the uh, the hatchbacks, and so it is what it is. Generally, but again, right? Not I have I have the Forester, and not everything fits in the goddamn back of the Forester. True. Right. So even the Baja so, would be an improvement because at least I could stack stuff up and strap it down. So what if they made a, a Baja but made it single cab? I would take a look like that. <laughs> if if the if the front end looks similar to the old Baja, right? Because yeah. again, the problem the biggest problem I have with what they're coming out now is. It's a square hood that's like four feet off the ground, right? Like you can't even look at the engine without a stepladder, um, and it's a box. Whereas the older ones, like the, like the Baja, right, four cylinder, whatever, low to the ground. The hood is sloped, so you can you can see a few feet in front of you, right? Your your sight distance mm-hmm. over the hood isn't twenty feet out. It's amazing when I see the lady yeah. at the stoplights like stopped two car lengths back, right? Because that's where the line is in her line of view, right? Yeah. You know she can't see shit. Yeah. But yeah, a, a single a single cab Baja, I would definitely take a look at. Um, not, yeah, you know. it's, it's really weird that, that they design cars based on what they think people uh, think looks good um, instead of uh, functionality. And so, for example, in many, many cars, uh, the windows kept getting smaller, they say, "Oh well, this looks futuristic, and yeah. that's what people want." And and because they tell you that that's what people want, that ends up being what people want. And uh, I'm actually happy that that uh, Jeep actually kind of reversed their thinking on that. And so their their new model of Jeep Grand Cherokee, uh, they made the windows bigger again. Yep. And so it has really good visibility out the sides and the in the front and the the back and everything and and that's fantastic. I love a, a car with great visibility. Yep. Um and it still has a, a you know a nice uh clean boxy style to it. Um so good good on them for that, but uh actually I think they're they're overpriced now and they're having a hard time selling them. So well every everything's generally overpriced now. We looked at the Crosstrek yeah. You know, b- before selling on the Forester, and part of the problem with that thing was there's a giant ass blind spot in the back because of, as you said, that sleek looking design where they, they couldn't throw a window oh, in there yeah. for you to see. Yeah, I'm actually looking at the Cross Trek too. I might actually get one because okay. they just came out with the new. What's what do they call it? What are their what is their trail rated one called? Oh, I have no idea. I don't. Um, but pay anyway, that close they, attention. They're they're making their their their. Uh, Raised from the factory Crosstrek they're okay. coming out with. Well, take a look at that blind spot. Make sure that you're okay with it. I'm I'm sure it's horrible. Okay. Um, and, I'm, and I'm sure, well, uh, I think probably on all the new ones, they've got cameras for backing up. So okay. it'll be good enough. I mean, yes, but part of, part of that is using your mirrors and then doing the quick shoulder check, right, to make sure that yeah, there's the shoulder check something in your be- blind spot. The shoulder check becomes useless because of that blind because spot. Because of the blind spot, you, yeah. So what, what I typically do is I, I push the mirrors out much further than normal. And, okay. uh, so I, I had a friend with, with a Lamborghini. Oh, you're breaking up all of a sudden. 
I heard Lambo, and then I'm assuming you said Lamborghini. Yeah, I have okay. a friend that has had a Lamborghini, and uh, and when I got in, the mirrors were pulled in really close, where all he could see was basically the body of the car and okay. and a little bit of the side. And and what and so what people do is that they they tend to try to use the mirrors to be able to see behind them, but that's what the rearview mirror is for. Right. But in a Lamborghini, you can't really see anything out the back anyway through the rearview mirror. Yep. So so what you have to do is say, okay, whatever's behind me, that's no man's land. Can't not going to see it anyway. So don't even try. And and what you do is you, you take the the left and the right mirrors, you push them out even further, so you can you can see very well towards the the places that you're going to merge into. Right. And so that nobody can be in that blind spot. And so, so I told him how to do that. And, and, and after that he was like, yeah, actually it's a lot easier to drive now. So, yeah. um, but you do have to worry. And it's not a problem in a Lamborghini because uh, basically you hope, you hope nobody's going to be flying past you because you're in the fastest car. You so you just have to drive. I passed the Lamborghini <laughs> on the H3 once. It was the most depressing time I had. Yeah. Coming so out you of the tunnel, he went to, flying by me. I went, that's how to drive it, son. You kind of have to to be the aggressive driver because you don't want somebody coming up through your blind spot, which you which you, you, you like I said, you can't see anything behind you. Yeah, and so you just have to say, okay, I need to get over right, so I'll check right, make sure nothing's there, and then I have to get there fast enough so that nothing is going to come into that spot before I do. So, right. <laughs> even my Cadillac, so, yeah. the Cadillac was a V eight, and I was aggressive in that thing because I knew that I could get there, you know, with a with a slight tap of the gas. Sure, yeah. But so here's the thing. I hear what you're saying and that doesn't necessarily work here all the time. So mm-hmm. I've I've got my mirror set, I've got blind spot dots on my mirror, right? But it also snows and last night it was raining really hard and I couldn't really rely on the mirrors because they were like fogged up, frosted over, covered with, you know, rain and oh, in the no. winter time and snow. Right, damn global environment problems you got there. But when I but when I heat the car up, when I have the heater on in the car during the winter, it'll melt the snow off of the windows. Right, like the windows stay warm enough so it doesn't accumulate. The mirrors are out to the elements, so it does. Right, just frost over. Right, so during those times, I go like, well, I can I can vaguely see what I see in my mirror. I think I see something, and then I shoulder check right to double check because that's appropriate. I'm not, mm-hmm. a, I'm not in a Lamborghini, you know, I'm not going to like outrun anybody down the straightaway. I'm <laughs> yeah, driving. of course. So I got to check. Um, and if there was a blind spot there on my shoulder check and I couldn't verify anything in the mirror, like that would be, that would be difficult to say. Then I'd be end up like rolling down the window, right? And fucking trying to wipe the mirror real quick just so I could get a good look. And I don't want to be doing that either. So yeah, for the, for car the designers part- figure this shit out. For the most part, in Hawaii, that's not a problem. Like, if you put on your blinker, generally people will let you in. Um, but in a lot of the places, if you turn on your blinker and then you start to merge over, they will let you run into them rather than give you space. And that's a that's a weird thing that I've I've never had that feeling of I, I would rather cause an accident than than uh, you know. I don't know. It's like to, what to prove somebody wrong. Like, oh, you're a bad driver. You ran into me. Like, who cares? But uh, some people are like that. So, yep. Which, I mean, this. I might have. Ex- I got my license in Hawaii when I was young, 
I did most of my early driving in Washington state and maybe it just stuck with me there. Um, but I am generally a late signaler, right? Mm. Like by the time I put on my blinker, I've already assured that I can get to that spot and it's more yeah. of a courtesy, right? Mm-hmm. And you're not going to be, you're not going to have time to speed up, um, to do the block thing. Um, right. But I also, oh man, maybe this is just latent road rage. I also like <laughs> messing with bad drivers who do okay. that stuff. Like when it was easier when I was in Hawaii because my car was a beater. I'm like, ah, if you want to, if you want to wreck your Mercedes on the fucking '89 Cougar, like, let's have at it, you know. <laughs> but but even here, you know, there there there's a lot of places where I drive where the lanes just merge. Right, mm-hmm. like okay, we're going from two lanes to one lane, and little do it down lines, it open back up to two, and whatever. And there were people that will like speed up and play merge chicken is how I've called it. Right, oh, like, yeah. who wants to get to the end of the, like as the best you can get to the end of the line f- at the same time is how I feel like they don't speed up enough to make the pass, and they don't slow down enough to merge properly. Right, they just want to be side by side at the end of the race, you know. Hmm. And so I've just, I don't signal, but I just drift, right? Slow, like they're speeding along, trying to catch up to me. And all of a sudden I'm just drifting right where I'm going to be. And then they got to slam on the brakes, right? To get, <laughs> to just be where they should have been anyway, you know, cause I'm, I guess, I don't know if this is all for how they train people, but I'm the lead car, right? Like I can look in my rear view mirror, but I don't, I'm not going to slam on my brakes to let you go by, Right you see what I'm doing and you act accordingly because you mm-hmm. see me, I'm in front of you. Like that's yeah. generally how I think it should be, but no, they merge chicken all the time. <laughs> this one lady did it, man. It was awesome. Um, cause she did it right. And I, you know, I, I let her make the pass and then it opened up to two lanes and then I knew it was going to go down to one lane, you know, in advance. And I just, I hung out. Right until it was my turn to play merge chicken, and then I zoomed by her, you know, like right at the end, and she was like, "Fucking couldn't, like didn't expect the move coming, so she tried to slam on the gas, you know, to to block me from getting there." For but I was already I had enough momentum from lagging back so much, <laughs> that I, <laughs> and she's like throwing me the finger. I'm I just like smiled and waved down, like that was fun. Thank you, thank you for the challenge, there, lady. <laughs> so I I have too much fun doing stuff like that. Mm-hmm. and i'm not even really in a hurry right like i like to you know i don't like cars in front of me because i like to go places at the speed i want to get there uh but i also so I was driving through montana yeah. there's uh some of the highway is 80 miles per hour speed limit it used to be nothing they slowed it down <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> and uh, honestly uh in the, in the little minivan that i'm in um 65 was pleasant Okay. Um, seven, 70 was fast. I couldn't imagine going 80. <laughs> yeah. It's 80 in Utah. We, when we did our road trip, when I first moved here, uh, it's 80 in Utah for most of part of Utah as well, as we drove through there. Yeah. And that was, you know, in a, but in, in my, in my sister's truck, that huge, uh, you know, turbo diesel yeah. mega cab, um, doing 90 was pleasant. It was yeah. just, every, it was just such a breeze. <laughs> At one point in time, my stepdad had a, a little Mercedes, and he let me drive it to an event. 
and like that that thing was slick. Same thing. Comfort. It was. It wasn't a brand new Mercedes. It was. It was an older Mercedes, but it was probably the smoothest ride that I've had driven up to that point, and maybe since then. Because similar yeah. thing, right? It just held the road. So I was leaned back, reclined, doing nothing. All of a sudden, I looked down like eighty five. Wow. <laughs> Did, did not expect to be doing that. It just felt like the right speed based on how everything else looked. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I get it. Comfor- comfortable rides, great. Bigger cars, fantastic. Uh, but my little truck venture is purpose-driven, right? Mm-hmm. It's, it's not going to be a daily driver. I have a daily driver. Um, and I just I don't need a giant-ass truck to haul the, the small amounts of things that I would be hauling. That's all. Right on. Anything else going on? I don't know. Do you do you want to read the headlines just so we know what's going on in the world? Yeah. Okay. So here's the thing. I was I there was a chance that you were not going to be joining me today because of your little uh, venture into Montana. And usually when that happens, the show ends up being Richie Rich reads the news, um, and I'm lazy, right? So there's a lot less commentary on those shows, and I rely heavily on show prep. So I have a lot of headlines, and a lot of them. That I, that I use for those particular shows are, are lengthy articles, the more intellectually stimulating articles. Um, so if you want to check these out, right, these are, going, these are still on the Telegram group, which we'll get to in a moment. Uh, but this is what I pulled for this week for, for, with, with thought of that show in mind. Uh, headline, Real Change is Impossible While Our World is Shrouded in Secrecy. Uh, headline, The Government versus the People, Kamala Harris Version. Uh, headline, shrinkflation and skimflation are eating our lunch. Uh, headline, are students safer in government-run schools? I mean, it's a silly question. I think we can answer that without reading the article. Uh, headline, hundreds of state troopers may have falsified thousands of traffic tickets, audit fines. Uh, this is in Connecticut. Uh, headline, Senator Chris Murphy wants the government to, to help make you, uh, you friends. So now the government is trying to uh, solve the problem of loneliness. Uh, Top 10 signs you might be an obedience idiot. I was looking forward to that one. Mm -hmm. Uh, Headline, libertarian reform is not freedom. Uh, Headline, in defense of allowing collusion. That was a good one. I read through most of that one before deciding to set it off for show prep. And finally, headline, is boycotting Target a legitimate protest or... An act of terrorism. <laughs> I think, again, I think we can answer that without getting into the article. Um, but the, there are some people, right? You, you cause Target to change their policy against their natural, normal wishes. You terrorist you. That was yeah. the gist well, of that. I mean, who... who which which country star was was all pissed off because people were were boycotting Bud Light? Oh, probably. Um, oh, country star pissed off. I don't know. There was yeah, a, one of them. It's like okay. shame on you for do, because you're gonna mess mess up Bud Light and people are gonna lose their jobs. It's yeah. like yeah, but it was funny. So <laughs> the, the country star in the news this week was uh, Jason Aldean or something for his oh, try that yeah. in a small town video. Yeah, so I watched that, and uh, I mean, I can see why they say uh, it's racist. Obviously, there's nothing racist 
uh, you know, specifically in there, but right, except um, for where he did decided to film the video. Yeah, and that I don't know if that was an intentional or or not. Um, it might, you know, to him, it might just might have just been a normal courthouse. I don't know. Yeah. So my biggest problem with that whole thing is the song fucking sucks. It it does. It's very it's a terrible song. Even even the like the guitar solo is like okay, this is obviously just t- total like uninspired BS. Um, yeah, the lyrics I, I were shit. It, they didn't really have a good rhyming scheme to it. Yeah, I got it ha- halfway, it has maybe two thirds. A good political point, but that's about it. And, well, that's yeah, and, that's the thing. But it, so as not, a song, so, it sucks. It's terrible. It's the worst. Oh, maybe it's one of the horrible. worst country songs I've ever heard. Even uh, somebody else who had a sem- similar incident, um, uh, Tim Poole, he he made his own music videos and stuff, and 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 they they made the charts just because it was political and not because it was great music. And obviously, yeah. it's not. Yeah. So, I mean, watch watch the video if you want to. There's there's a lot of, you know, I don't know if it was real newsreel footage. I forget what his what he said in the interview about how much actual footage he used versus stuff designed for the music video but it's like you can ride in the big cities but try that in our small town and we'll come together as a community like all right but just write a better song you know yeah yeah and and maybe somebody will maybe that will see the success this one has had and and they'll actually take that same thing and just improve it yeah i mean generally music has always had a message you saw this in the 60s with the anti-war, you know, songs and the folk music and whatnot. The, there's, n- there's nothing new about songs being political in some form or fashion, mm-hmm. right? But th- this song just sucked. As a song. As a message, yeah. fine. You want to call it racist? Fine. It hit number one on iTunes? Fine. But it sucks. I couldn't. Yeah. I barely. I like country music, generally. Uh, mm. Maybe not the newer stuff. Uh, but you know the the old time, old timey country music, country and western. Like I'm generally a fan, um, but struggled to get through this one. Didn't even finish it. Like, okay, <laughs> yeah, I, I was kind of the same the way. Sucks. I listened to it. I was like, okay, I get it. <laughs> and yeah. then, I, then I switched it off. <laughs> if it was a good song, right, I would listen to it all the way. But it wasn't even a good song, and the message was clear after verse one. So there you go. Yeah. All right. Final thoughts. No, thanks. Let's wrap it there then so you can enjoy the rest of your vacation. Uh, That'll do it for us. You guys know where to find us. Anarchistexperience.com on Telegram, t.me slash anarchistexperience or t.me slash theanarchistexperience. That's where you can check out all those headlines and read through the more intellectual, stimulating ones. Um, And if you'd like to contribute to this show financially, you can do so through Patreon. Patreon.com slash theanarchistexperience. Thank you very much for listening, and we'll talk to you all next week. Peace.